got to there's a Q&A section that I'm in that I haven't finished yet so I'm going to listen to that but it was overall it was pretty well received uh it was kind of some some said that you know this information should be given out to um you know other pastors at like a conference or you know uh, as presented as kind of like a paper or whatever mm-hmm. uh, because of because so many women suffer from those issues yeah. and silently most of the right. time too. exactly yeah. exactly exactly did you watch that video i sent to you i have not yet i okay. mean i i get there's so many good things i want to watch the problem is the time that i would watch it would be when i'm working out but anytime uh-huh. i go out of youtube to like yeah. record what i've been doing then it would stop and but right. i will watch that one because that yeah. one looked you know i still yeah. haven't the- listened to the dog on 10 shekels in the t-shirt or whatever it is yet yeah like mainly because i can't listen to something i need to focus on during the day yeah because i'm writing you know what i mean like yeah. mm-hmm. i'm reading or i'm writing and i can't have i can't be focusing on right. what somebody else is saying while i'm writing i can yeah. i can watch i can have a tv show on in the background which is what i generally do or music or something like that but like to actually listen to a video of substance, I can't do it. So, yeah, I'll save that for when I'm playing NCA 2014 to <clears throat> focus on it while I'm distracted elsewhere. Yeah. But yeah, um, and I don't know. Michigan's national champions. The Lions have won a playoff game. I don't even know what to yeah. do with myself. <laughs> and it's going to be very interesting that we are talking about the topic that we are talking about tonight. Yeah. Based on what has gone on over the last, uh, you know, two weeks in my, you know, sporting world. Yeah. But doggone, man. Freaking doggone. Yeah. Yeah. It was. What uh, a week of football it was. Yeah. For Michigan. For, Michigan yeah. fans. Michigan fans. Yeah. I saw something. The Pistons won. The Red Wings won. Michigan won the national championship. The Lions won the playoff game. The Red Wings won. And. Yeah. Michigan basketball beat Ohio State all yes. in like the same State. week. Yeah. And I think Michigan State won too. Like it was a great week for Michigan sports, regardless <laughs> of who you are affiliated with. Yeah. Yeah. No, and the and the, the game was the game was fun. It was I mean a little little tense there at the end. It was like, all right, and I think I mean That's what happens when your offense has a hundred yards in the second half. Right, yeah. But man, in that first half, I thought they are going to run away with this game. I thought so they too. are going to, they are going to, you know, they're going to put forty-five on them. I thought so too, and then they just stop. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody is very confident for this upcoming game against the Buccaneers, and after watching them, I am not that confident. Yeah, I'm very like cautiously optimistic. I guess is my preferred yeah. term. But we'll see. Well, I don't I, know. We we have it, a lot more important things to talk yeah, about right, than football, true. but that's true. But what were you going to say? No, no. I just I think that you know you they can come out more relaxed on Sunday. Um, yeah. I think there was a lot of pressure, a lot of nerves, a lot of jitters. I think that's yeah. dangerous, though. I, I I no no no. I'm yeah. I'm not saying like come out relaxed, but I'm saying you know they got. They they did something they haven't done in thirty two years, you know. All the now the the situation is off. Yeah, and yeah. and it's and now it's just okay. Let's handle business, and 
yeah. you know, the, the question of preparation is going to be, can they, can they get the schemes down and stuff? And I don't know much about Tampa Bay other than, I mean, Baker Mayfield plays for him. Mike Evans is a great wide receiver. And you just about, hope, yeah, you just hope that you can do, I mean, we already beat them once. Yeah. And we didn't let them run the ball and we didn't really give Baker much ability to throw the ball, which, I mean, Philadelphia, I don't think you, I mean, that was just a disaster in Philadelphia mm. to end the season, which is fine because they let Matt Patricia run their offense, defense, and <laughs> whatever. Yeah. We have, this is way well, off topic. We need yeah. to focus on what we need to focus on here. And yeah. that's going to be idols, which is an interesting lead in to what we were talking about, how distracting things like even sports yeah. can be. So let's uh let's start with prayer and then we'll kick it off. You ready to you ready to pray this week? Sure. All right, man, go for it. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, you are the giver of all good gifts. And by your gracious word you have created all that is. By your word made flesh, Jesus Christ, you sustain and redeem all that is. And by your word that works in us through the Holy Spirit. You continue to call us to faith and trust in you as the only true God. Give us wisdom this night to continue to believe those promises, to face the days ahead, to cast down our idols and turn to you. We might have pure hearts and clean hands. All these things we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. All right, you ready? I am. Here we go. What is going on, idolaters? Yeah. I'm just kidding, everybody. <laughs> that is what we were talking about, is idolatry tonight. So why not kick it off the right way by just calling everybody an idolater? Because guess you what? Sure. Coleman, AJ, at certain points, we are all an idolater. As Calvin once said, uh, the heart is an idol factory. Yes. Not I-D-L-E, I-D-O-L. Yes. Making. And so tonight... Because we are all idolatry driven, we want to discuss what does that look like? What are the insidious idols? Because Coleman loves alliteration. That's right. That we deal with. And how can we properly deal with them in our walks as Christians, in our lives as dads, as we try to lead and shepherd a family? So buckle up, because it may not necessarily be fun at the beginning. But there will always be hope at the end, guaranteed. That's right. Coleman. Yes. If people were listening on Apple and Spotify before we kicked off this show, because you can listen to longer conversations if you subscribe there. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off right now. <laughs> okay. We were talking about sports. That is correct. And though in and of itself in a vacuum, sports are harmless. Right. They very much can become an idol. Yes. And we're going to talk about that. But before we do that, why don't you define for everybody what an idol is? So the uh, and this is really there. There's going to be some variation in in this. But the key thing is that it is anything that takes your worship away from God. Um, You know, and that's the bluff. Right. And, and, and 
you know, and this is this is also, I mean, and scriptures talk about idols in a certain way, but there's also an implication for idols um, that aren't in scripture, such as sports uh, and how things can become idols. Because as as again, we quoted Calvin and Luther says something very similar, but the heart is always longing to trust in something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of that's kind of how we were made. The problem is, is it's deceived in trusting the wrong things, and then uh, when it when the heart places its trust, places its faith in those wrong things, it's created an idol. And so, uh, in old in ancient times, we typically identified them as you know just like actual statues or mm-hmm. little things or the deities that were made up or powers that were existing. Um, mythologically or in other cultic religions and whatever. Uh, but today, our idols are more the things that we fear, love, and trust in more than God. Um, and so, and the things that we find our hope in more than God. And the difficulty is is navigating yeah. what are what are the the proper relationship that we have to to those things because that's the other part of this too. Um, most idol and things that become idols are actually neutral. Correct. They're they're actually um, you know they're part of the created order. They're part right. of um, the creativity of God. So mm-hmm. you know there's not an inherent badness to them. Um, easy ones to name in that regard: money, mm-hmm. um, health, uh, you know, sports, sports. Yeah, um, country, nation. Mm-hmm. You know, these things are all good things. But they can become bad things mm-hmm. by the way that we relate to them, and so I th- that's really kind of the discussion: is that there are these insidious, meaning you know, not overt, not right there in our face. They creep in, they sneak in, and they can consume us. There are these insidious idols that are out there, and we have to be on guard as uh, men, as fathers, as husbands, and as fathers protect ourselves first, but then also to protect our family mm-hmm. and, and uh, especially our children yeah. from uh, falling into these things and thinking that uh, these things are okay. Uh, so so I, I always default to Romans 1 when it comes to idol worship, mm-hmm. right? Um, where Paul writes and says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and his divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world, and the things that have been made so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of an immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Right. And then a few verses down, he talks about how they have um, exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator creator. who is forever blessed. Amen. And, you know your your definition very succinct, right? Anything that replaces our worship of God or our hope and trust in God, but it's also you know a little bit of a 
I guess, different definition from Paul. Not different, but more explained definition of yeah. worshiping creation rather Correct. than creator. Correct. And and that's that's it. It is the the good gifts that God gives to us. Right. When those become, uh, when we start looking at the gift and not the giver. Correct. And and that is a, a and that also relates to we've talked about this before. And, thankfulness and gratitude you know, right there's it's not the the gift that the gift is wonderful but it's the giver who gives it that we mm-hmm. should be thankful to and that we should be focusing on um yeah and and paul specifically you know when he's when he's bringing out those the, the exchange the the image for the images of the creation things i mean there's it's echoing exodus uh, mm-hmm. when yeah. what happens when after the people have seen god's mighty works uh, taking them out of well, first of all the plagues and mm-hmm. all, all all of that, and then the deliverance through the Red Sea, uh, the fire on Mount Sinai or the clouds and thunder, God appearing there, giving the law, actually speaking, and they can hear him. They get afraid of him. That's why they send Moses up, and then you know, being fed with the the, the quail and the uh, water from the rock. You know, all these things that are happening, showing mm-hmm. who the Creator is who he is for them because he's providing for them and guiding them, leading them. Mm-hmm. And yet when Moses is absent for 40 days, or whatever it is, they decide ah, that, that God must've swallowed up Moses or something. So yeah, you, so let's Aaron, build a golden calf. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> let's, and you know, and, and that's, that is the state of mankind. Um, and that and is it's almost an, at like, you know, I've been thinking, obviously I've been, teaching a series on you know israel and the church at at our church and you know the jewish nation definitely existed it was a real thing but you read through that old testament and the allegorical nature of just what mankind is right right um like all you described right you see the mighty and wonderful works of god and yet to build a golden calf Right. You've been delivered from slavery, yet complain that you don't have bread <laughs> and wish to be enslaved again. Yeah. Or, you know, after God has raised up judges that ruled over you good and bad, you get to the last verse of Judges, and it says, Everyone in, did those what days, right. in those days there was no king over Israel, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. Yeah, exactly. Right? And yeah. then you fast forward to First Samuel, and the people demand a king. Why do they demand a king? What's the be, reasoning? To be like the nations. The set-apart, holy oh, people of right. God say, we want to be just like everybody else. And yeah. God's response to Samuel in that, that moment is, it's, it's up there with God's <laughs> response to Job, right? When he just lays yeah. Job flat, like, were yeah. you there when I created the world? Okay, yeah. then let's stay quiet, right? But his response to Samuel, where he goes, Samuel, they haven't rejected you. Yeah. They have rejected me from being king over them. Right. Because they are idolaters. Yeah. They are yeah. an idolatrous people. Yeah. And we are no different than that. Yeah. We well, do that, the same thing. Yeah, and that, that comes through in spades in the warnings that come from Paul and from John and all throughout the, the whole New Testament, you know, flee from idolatry, flee yes. from these things that are going to take your worship away from God. Right. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, that's the, the false teachings that come uh, 
that the the false teachings that emanate from those idols. You know, that's it's going to destroy your faith, and it is going to destroy your life. Um, and so there are abundant warnings about that. Um, in and that's meant for us today. Mm-hmm. That's why these were preserved in the church for us in Scripture, that we would t- uh, actually take them seriously and be cautious about. Right. Hey, let's not let these things um, become what drives our life and become what we worship. And because, and, and it's not so much. Again, not because they're bad things, but they will not deliver on eternal promise. That's and, and that's kind of a a working thought that I've had. I read doing a study on First uh, Corinthians, and Paul talks about in this uh, chapter eight about uh, food sacrifice to idols. Right, and it's not really he. What he's getting after is talking about the freedom of a Christian, but also how to use that freedom responsibly for the sake of the, the weaker brother and the, mm-hmm. the one who has uh, the weaker conscience. But it's interesting that in it, he brings up, you know, we have, we have this knowledge that there are no true idols. Like an idol is not real. Um, meaning that it is, there's only one God and you know, everything else that you might consider a God uh, is just false. It's not true. And it, it made me contemplate this idea that there are the idols that we have will off, offer us certain rewards and certain things, certain mm-hmm. enjoyments, maybe certain pleasures, uh, but they cannot offer anything eternal. And that right. is, you know, while it's a secondary thing, that's an important thing to remember is that you will not find eternal joy, eternal pleasure in anything aside from God and anything mm-hmm. aside from Jesus Christ. Uh, and I could just see the pushback being, well, what does that matter? Right. Yeah. You know, well, like why, 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 why should I not be concerned about my pleasure right now, as opposed to eternal blessings that may or may not get here. And one of the yeah. things I always go back to as well is everybody knows who Tom Brady is. Right. right. Do you remember the interview that he had after he won his first Super Bowl? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, he was interviewed, I think, on 60 Minutes. Many, this no. is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. But he's, he made a statement. He goes, yeah, you know, it felt great. But I found myself a few days or weeks after thinking, God, there's got to be more than this. Mm-hmm. Like, I just reached the pinnacle, and, like, this is it? Yeah. Right? Because, what's the verse that talks about God putting eternity in the heart of man? Yeah, uh, right. It's in Ecclesiastes. Right, like there is eternity within us. So worrying and focusing on these temporal pleasures that right. can come from these idolatrous things again, not bad things until we over signify yeah. them or <laughs> place greater significance yeah, yeah, yeah. on them. That's what there I'm trying go. to say. Yeah. Um. Overemphasize. Overemphasize. There we there go. You. Um. When we do those things then it becomes the idol. Yeah. Right. Again, we've, we've used examples, right? The big one for me, like you even, what did you put in our text message today? When we said, let's talk about idols. And you said sports, you know, we're going to be talking about sports, right? Yeah. Which is true because I mean, literally, I mean, Romans one talks about 
worshiping things. Well, let me get the exact wording again. For images resembling mortal man, birds, and animals, and creeping things. How many grown men, <laughs> professional men, do you see dressed up as lions on Sunday morning, <laughs> as Seahawks, as yeah. Falcons, as, you know, yeah. doggone nuts if you're an Ohio right. State fan, right? right? A Buckeye. Yeah. Like, is that not idol worship? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, it, 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 again, it can be. Right. Um. I mean, and that's, and, and that's the, the discernment that comes from this is, you know, um, am I placing my my trust in these things to make make my life significant to, right. to, to find value in my life? Um, am I am I fearing what would happen if this is taken away? Because that's really when, when we think about yeah. God uh, in His work, especially in the Old Testament, but even in the New Testament. Uh, and I think specifically of the rich young man that comes to Jesus who mm-hmm. has many possessions and says, all right. And Jesus, you know, says, sell all you have, and sell all me. you have and follow me. That it's when, if God were to cut this away from you, what would that do to your life? Um, would that be, you know, would that one first, would it take your trust away from you? Because if mm-hmm. that's the case, well, then, then it is probably an idol. Um, two, would you be able to continue life? Not, and I don't mean like as it is, but recognize that, okay, this was a good gift from God and he has decided to take it away and say with Job, the Lord gives, the Lord takes, blessed be the name of the Lord. When you start to see it in, in those categories, well, that's, and if it's, if the answer is you know, I couldn't go on with life without uh, hear, hearing "Hail to the Victors," you know, every every Saturday in uh, right. fall. Um, well, then maybe it is. Uh, we need to take a step back and go. Wait a second. What's this? What's this doing to me? And again, I, I think it can it, also be even. Um, and I don't mean to cut you off, but it's something okay. that I've recognized in my own life. And I think it can be even more subtle than I can't live with, but. What about when the result on the field is not what you wanted? Yeah. It affecting the rest of your day. Correct. And and that's the insidious Correct. nature of it. Because I've and I've it, I've recognized that within myself, especially yeah. even during this this football season, right? <laughs> right? When, you know, the Lions aren't playing the way and I'm just in a bad mood and I go, wait a second. Yeah. Like this is not this has no significance. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's and it's fun and it's interesting and you know we take enjoyment. I had one friend that used to call sports the opium of the masses, right? It's that <laughs> right. you know kind of way to get things out. And this is not a podcast against sports. Just trust me. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's the example that I'm using because I've recognized it in my own life how yep. miserable I have been in the past because something I had no control over had right. so much control over me. Right. And it's part of the reason we've even talked over the last month about how I've like kind of pulled back. Yeah. Not as interested in those things anymore because I've become much more interested in more eternal things. I 
right. not that I wasn't previously. It just has taken a much more significant, I guess, place or role in my life. Right. Which I think we have to also be careful about because even those things sometimes can become idolatrous. Correct. So, yeah, and that's, that's it's always, and this goes back to, well, really, it's Ephesians 5, but in a different way. Um, when Paul is talking about in marriage, and, and right before he gets into that verse, he says, you know, submit to one another out of reverence right. for Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that idea of submission is being in the right order. Yep. And so that means recognizing that there's an order that I fall under um, as a human being in relation to the crea- creator as creation, mm-hmm. and that creation falls in a certain order as well. And it's not to get those out of order. That's really what Paul's talking about in Romans 1 when he's saying they traded the creator for the creation. Exactly. And so it is that, uh, it is that, that balance and, and, and recognition of, okay, these things are good, but they have to stay in their spot. Correct. But it's also not neglecting those things because, yeah, there's, and, and this was one of the critiques in the, in the Reformation of the monastic life is that they got so focused on eternal things, which are, sounds good, holy, and pious, but they took themselves out of the world and were no longer caring for their neighbors. Um, a, yeah. There's an old pithy statement floating around Baptist churches to not be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good. Yes, there, there's, there's right? some truth to that, yeah. There is some truth to that. Yeah. That might He's, not just be, you know... Uh, specific to baptist but that's where i heard it so. yeah no i uh, i i can't say that i've for certain heard that but there's there's a lot of uh truth in that because yeah god is god has promised you eternity and your, your hope is always there and your eyes are fixed on that but as just like to throw in an army um reference here just as when you're on a, a land nav course and you're fixed on the mm-hmm. point that's ahead of you and you can see it and you know where you're going that doesn't mean you neglect all the branches and the brush that's in front of you. You got to pay attention to that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for exactly. sure. And for so, sure. So, yeah, it, it's this. But it's that lit. ordering. And that's Correct. where I think that you're spot on with that, right? And and we've talked about this, you know, Uncultured Dad, Two Chaps Pod. We believe there's a specific order to a man's life, right? We're Christians, yeah. our husbands, yep. our fathers, then we're employees. And then we're sports fans, and then right. you know, like, like those things can be in that order. They can be right. in that hierarchy. They just have to be in the right place in that hierarchy in Correct. order for them to not become idols. Correct. And that's, uh, and that is sometimes a very difficult thing to do because I mean we've talked about sports as kind of, and and right. most most people are you know, uh, affiliated with sports or at least have a, a, a somewhat working knowledge or at they, least they uh, know what sports are. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, but it also comes into play in other things. Uh, again, other good things that can easily become idols. Uh, religion. That, what re- like for the Jewish nation, their so, religion became an idol. Correct. I, I would, I would, I would qualify that a little by saying, um, the legalism in legalism the religion of religion. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because, yes. because that's, that is the, the, the problem is correct. The, um, is they're not, it's not like they're, it's not like they're worshiping 
a false god because they have the true god who has given them these things. But what they've done is taken his uh, demands, or, 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 or they they've actually become uh, so afraid of screwing up that they no longer trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so instead of you know having him as the the god and king of who they are as as shown in um first samuel but then also later in the development of the pharisees and the the sadducees that the these other traditions that come in and the and the complete like misunderstanding and misrepresentation Correct. of of god's word to them uh yeah, and that, that, that Jesus comes to correct that, and they still re- reject it. But anyways, um, yeah, it, it can become idolatrous in that, in mm-hmm. that regard. Um, so so that's, that's one of it. And that's, uh, again, that stems from it's insidious because most, peop- most faithful people don't wake up in the morning saying, I'm going to become an idolater. <laughs> Um, that's it's just <laughs> the reality. Yeah, but it, it over. I think time, I'm going to commit idolatry today. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, you you're in in one sense your sinful nature is always going to pull you to that. Correct. But yeah. no one no one wakes up and says, you know, my um, I'm going to I'm going to bow down to my 401k today. Right. And um, you know, that's that's it. But I'm going to idolize my children today. I'm going to idolize my wife today. Which right. can happen. Yes, and that's that's another uh, insidious one. Is you know that again, these are good gifts from God, but when they become the when they actually cause you to neglect mm-hmm. your relationship with God, who has given these gifts to you, mm-hmm. well, then that, that's when they can become an idol. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, money is probably the easiest one sure. that I think um, that or, or possessions or maybe broaden it because we live in a culture where that is celebrated. And so, mm-hmm. again, all these good gifts that God has given to you, um, the skills that help you acquire it, um, the, you know, occupations or opportunities by which you receive these things and you know, all of that are good and wonderful things but it can become idolatrous when it's just okay i want to go um i want to make enough money for this and so i'm going to spend uh 90 hours a week Mm -hmm. at my job and i'm going to neglect my wife and my kids at home um you know it is or you know i because money has become so important, I'm going to sell out my well, my faith. I'm going to compromise mm-hmm. the things that I should not be compromising on. Um, and it's and again, no one I don't think, especially if a, as a Christian, wakes up and says, "Oh yeah, that's the those are the choices I'm going to make today." It is, uh, it is without that call to repentance that's always there, that daily contrition and repentance that we've talked about so many times before. Um, it's without that, that's when the idols can come in and eventually calcify your heart against God. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. I'm thinking of how I can word this. 
because I just had an insidious thought um, <laughs> that I don't want to. I don't want to be looked at by you like I'm some horrific person, no, because <laughs> your opinion of me matters. It doesn't. Um, okay, maybe you've experienced this. Maybe you have not experienced this. Mm -hmm. You just brought up the idea of daily repentance and contrition, confession, right? Mm -hmm. Which uh, you and I both believe are necessary for, you know, salvation. Uh, not a daily salvation, but, you know, there is a continual repentance that believers should um, be in. Could someone's perceived relationship with Christ become an idol? In the sense that, let me qualify it a little bit farther so that I don't sound like a complete moron. In the sense that, they kind of go, yeah, I'm good. I read my Bible. I go to church. Yeah. I'm good. Yes. A, a complacency, Correct. I think, would be. There we go. Would, would, would be with that. Oh, yeah. Um, I Yes. I, I do think that that is because... Because the idol at that point is not uh, the relationship with Christ. No, it's, it's yourself. It's self-righteousness, mm -hmm. exactly. Which is exactly what I think Jesus is going after with the religious leaders of the time. The chief priests, the scribes, the Pharisees, the, you know, the different groups that are there is to mm -hmm. point out that their own self-righteousness well, has What's become it? their idol. Yeah, and versus, and this is where this this gets into a kind of a, 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 a probably a very nuanced discussion. But that's why when we think about what happens in church, it literally every time that you you hear the word of God, it has to be a gracious word to you. Um, in other words. Well, you said it before, like anytime the word of God's open, conviction should be taking place. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And, and not to resist that because what God is doing is stripping away those idols in Correct. your heart. Mm -hmm. And then he's delivering the salvation that he alone gives, that he alone has accomplished mm -hmm. to you through the word. So, yeah, there's, there is, um, and that's why, that's why you have to have some of those sermons that are, that are jarring. Um, you know, you sinners in the, the hand of an angry God. Well, yeah, I mean that, that, that's that's an example. The ten shekels in a shirt when you listen to it is, is an example of that. Um, but you know, like the one where uh, you you quoted Matt Chandler saying, you know, this one's going to make room for next week or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, right. But there there is that has to that that law has to come forth and and convict us of those mm -hmm. those things. Yeah, uh, and sometimes it has to be. It it shakes us, it rattles us, and it and it and it brings us. Uh, it, it it makes us contrite, uh, in the real sense of we're we're sorrow sorrow over our sin. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when we just cry out, "Lord, have mercy," and then that's where the gospel comes in. Uh, and I and I think I think it was Wolfram Mueller that said this, but it's it's for us. I think the best way to not become idolatrous is to continue to keep the right perspective of what sin actually is. Mm -hmm. 
and how we have been saved from that. Yes. Right. Like, yeah. And and it's not something that you know, especially in twenty twenty four. I mean, your circles and my circles, we talk about sin because we weren't unashamed to talk about sin. Right. But there's a lot of people that I would think don't have a proper understanding of what sin is. Like, sin is not just the bad thing that you did against somebody else. Right. Sin is literally the cosmic treason that you mm-hmm. committed against the creator that ultimately right. placed the verdict of death on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and if we if we think of it as anything less than that, we can fall into the trap of I'm good. Exactly. But we're not good. Exactly. And so like for us like especially when it comes to idols when it comes to things that can ultimately become idolatrous in our life i think it starts with again a self-examination a self-reflection of like who am i well you know who you are you are a sinner yeah in fact in jeremiah two thirteen, right you've hewn out for yourself cisterns that carry broken that are broken they mm-hmm. carry no water, right? You've you've tried to do this yourself and come up inadequate. You're right. Adam and Eve in the garden sowing fig leaves over yourselves, trying to cover your sin and your shame, when the only clothing that will cover you is the righteousness right. of God. Exactly. Yeah. And if we don't have that perspective, it's easy to let insidious things into our life. But when we keep right. that proper perspective— we become like Isaiah in the presence of God who falls on his knees and says, woe is me. is me. Yeah. For I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell among a people of unclean lips. Yeah. And what's the response of God? Take this hot coal and touch it to your lips. Yeah. The place that you just your said sin. was unclean so that you can be restored. Right. Your sin is atoned for. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And, and so I think, and this is kind of the, uh, the the last uh, the last I think the most insidious idol that we have is ourselves, mm-hmm. um, our desires, our wants, our our knowledge. And th- again, this was uh, kind of from the First Corinthians uh, study. Paul talks about this knowledge that puffs up. Yes, and, and what he's talking about is actually it's actually a, a good knowledge. Um, it's the knowledge that there that idols aren't real. And that there is only one true God and that there's freedom that you have as a Christian. Mm-hmm. But what that knowledge can do is put you at a point where you think you're superior to other yes. Christians. Yes. And then you start looking down on them and despising them, judging them and that. Well, Even to the point where Lutherans will make fun of you. <laughs> well, that's going to happen regardless. <laughs> um, but but it's this. this I 100% agree with you, though. So, and it's this, the, the idolatry of, of self and of, you know, my choices and mm-hmm. my desires, my, my understanding of scripture. Uh, yes. That, right. Uh, right. No. And that's a, that's a, that's a huge one also. Um, and that's, I mean, that's why we have so many, uh, different denominations and it's, and it's, and it's, it's, 
painful, honestly, uh, to see that because uh, there should be unity within the bride of Christ. Right. And the Holy that, Catholic Church, as the Apostles' Creed says, right? Right, not, yeah. Not the Catholics, but, you know, the universal right. church. The universal church, yeah. yeah. And and there is, and, and we lament those divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but the promise is, is that at the end of all time, yes, there will be one holy Catholic or Christian and apostolic church. Um, and it will be, it, it will be marvelous. So, but yeah, that the, the self, because, and especially the way that our, the, the trajectory of our culture and everything has gone, um, really, I mean, since, since the 17th century, but man, has it come full blast in the last hundred years, mm-hmm. 50 years, 30 years, maybe even last five years. But the this concept that I get to decide reality. And so if I'm doing that, I have made myself God. And that is... I know the... I'm late on this, but you brought up <laughs> the idea of the unity, and I had to look it up because mm-hmm. I've told you since Christmas, there was one song that has just like wrecked me, and that was O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I just keep reflecting on these words. Like I have listened to that song at least once every day since I've heard it. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a, the one that I share with you. So it's "O Come, O Come, Emmanuel," with "Even So Come, Lord Jesus." Right, right. But like you were talking about, all these divisions and how we should lament them, and yet at this second advent, we are awaiting. O come, O King of Nations, bind in one the hearts of all mankind. Bid all our sad, our sad divisions, divisions cease, cease. Yeah. and be yourself our King, King of Peace. Of peace. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and that is, and that is the hope that yes. we have, um, and that and that which will is, be realized on the which, last day. You know, you bring up the divisions, right? Like yep. our denominations can be become idols. Correct. That's you're absolutely right. Like um, they really can, if if we yeah. are really supposed to be one people of God, like we need to agree on the big things, which is why we commune, right? Like yeah. we agree on Jesus. That's that's important, right? Yeah. But that that man, like, and and I see it a lot, and I and, and it and I do weep about it because it's like, oh. They're Presbyterian. Oh, they're Lutheran. Oh, they're Baptist. Yeah. They're independent fundamental Baptist. Well, yeah, they can stay over there. But like, you know what I mean? Like, like it, there's so much that we can gain. And I think that, you know, this might be a very, very big statement, but, you know, one of the, one of the tools of the enemy was in creating denominations. Yes. Because if we can, yeah. he can get us fighting with ourselves, right? how are we going to reach a lost world? Yeah. You know no, what I mean? That's, that's true. And, and that can be a, uh, and now, if, and Paul talks about this in, uh, I think it's in First Corinthians, just haven't gotten to it yet, but the, you know, that there will be divisions there so that the, those who are genuine may be, may be known among you. Um, so, 
I, I, I don't take that as, okay, that means you're going to show who's right and who's not, but the, just the reality that until Christ returns, there are going to be people who have uh, differing opinions on these things and differing interpretations, um, and, and then therefore differing teachings, different teachings on these things. And because of our limited capacity uh, in, in just our mortal state, which is caused by sin, mm-hmm. and, you know, when, when death enters the world, it's not just simply, oh, our physical lives are going to cease. No, it's all of our capacities are now limited yeah. and finite compared to uh, what, they, what they were pre-fall and, and what Jesus himself shows in his incarnation and in his resurrection. So until we get to that point, though, we are not going to ever come to that complete consensus. Um, You know, and that's and and it's unfortunate. Um, Of course, we we hold what we believe because why would we? I mean, I I hold to what the Lutheran confessions say Mm -hmm. uh, about the scripture. If I didn't, I wouldn't be Lutheran. I would right. be whatever else. Right. You know, so, so, you know, but the hope is that in, again, going back to the, the, the viewing the temporal on, unto eternal, or being in the temporal, but viewing the eternal, there is the hope that, that reconciliation can be made between mm-hmm. differing, varying groups. Um, you know, and, and maybe over time that does happen. Uh, but at the same time, it is just recognizing that reality, uh, and that's why I, I get, again going back to the to the Apostles' Creed, which you mentioned, the uh, Holy Catholic Church or the Holy Christian Church, that that's a confession of faith. In other words, I believe that there are Christians in all denominations that that mm-hmm. in all in all that that use the Trinitarian formula for baptism and believe that you are justified by Jesus Christ's work alone. There are, there are Christians there. Now, are we identical with each other? No. Um, do we have very big differences? Yes. Uh, can those be surmounted? I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. 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 Um, but to recognize that the, the one holy Christian church, universal church, is a confession of faith, is to say that in that Jesus has his elect, he has his people, and as long as they continue in that faith and trusting him, they are the holy Christian church. Mm-hmm. And when we get to heaven, everybody will be Lutheran, so it'll be, no, I'm just kidding. Um, there you go, see? But, see, yeah. see you're, you're the perpetrator of it. <laughs> That's well, yeah. Um, but no, but when we, but I, I do think that when we, when we get to heaven, our sad divisions will cease. Yes. And, um, you know, we won't, you know we won't... why though? I mean, you know why, but the reason they cease is because they don't matter at that point. Yeah. Because so... we're around the throne enthralled by the glory of God. I, you know, I was, you've heard me teach this God's greatest desires, right? And I, I was reading through it as I was kind of preparing for the lesson that I'm teaching uh, next week at our church on the relationship between the church and Israel. And 
And we, and in that in that lesson, God's greatest desires, I talk about how creation's broken, yep. right? And but there is a hope that is set within us, even though creation's broken and it's longing. But yet, even though it's broken, like if you stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon, right, or you witness a sunset on the beach of Hawaii, or you know, through the mountains of Arizona and the beautiful landscape that is just painted afresh every day by the greatest artist who's ever existed, right? Just right. God. And yet those scenes are still broken. How much more glorious is that going to be? Right. When everything is restored, it's going to be so glorious that our sad divisions cease. Yeah. And our idols will be gone. Will be gone. And, They'll be like Dagon in front of the ark. Just... <laughs> Right. Yeah. I love that story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So, it was day, day, day yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, they wake up and they're like, how did this happen? And it's like, well, we we're in the presence of God. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it uh, happened. Yeah. And, because everything in the presence of God falls down. The temple trembled in the presence of God in Isaiah. Isaiah fell before God. John fell down as though dead in Revelation, right? Like, that's what you do when you are in the presence of the true king. Yeah. So, and in that presence, just like with Isaiah, um, there is a purifying part yes. of it. Mm-hmm. And that is, that is not easy. Uh, again, this is, and this is when the the correlation between uh, the when when Isaiah cries out, "Woe is me!" and you know to recognize his own sin mm-hmm. and his own you know the, uh, unrighteousness before God, and then to realize that also when the cross comes, when you bear a cross in this life strips away those idols as well it strips away mm-hmm. that it's a purifying thing that Gold is what, refined in the fire right for like peter says yeah and you know and so when and when paul talks about i've been crucified with christ mm-hmm. so it is no longer i that live but christ who lives in me that's a purifying thing mm-hmm. and it is uh to uh quote from uh from first samuel from hannah's song um that god kills and makes alive and that's actually what is happening with us, with our idols, with the sin, um, with with everything that's broken about us. God is cutting that off, and He's giving us new life. And each day is a a, a an opportunity for that. Um, and then, you know, it won't be perfect in this life, uh, but there will be. You, there is a progression. You know, you get better at recognizing your own idols um, and, and, and bringing them before God and casting them down. That's a, there was a pastor that I heard that said once that the mark of maturity in a Christian is not so much the growth in like good works and the performance of good works and stuff. I mean, that's, that, that will come, but it's actually the recognition that you are a sinner more and more each day like the the greater recognition of you as a sinner more and more each day and the reason that's important 
is because what that points you to is the recognition of your savior mm-hmm. as being greater more and more each day. Um, so anyways, you know, what it makes me think of, have you, you've read to kill a mockingbird, right? Uh, no, I've actually Whoa. never read it. Yeah. Oh, wait, um, you need to read to kill a mockingbird, but then yeah. what you also need to do is you need to read her other book that came out. Remember there was a lot of controversy around it came, called ghost set of watchmen or ghost set of watchmen. Yeah, watchmen. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, there's a conversation in there and, I wrote a blog on it. Yeah, here we go. I got it. Um, but there's a conversation that takes place between the main character and one of her uncles. And it talks about uh, ten, 10 gods. T-I-N? Yeah, T-I-N, okay. right? And it it just reminds me of kind of this conversation, right? That That there's we set up for ourselves and, and really the conversations around like, you know, the, uh, the, her father and, and how she kind of like worshiped her father and, and, you know, Atticus Finch and all that. And it just was fantastic. And then the thought that keeps coming to my head and I don't know why I keep on thinking about this. And maybe, you know, I, I could have swore <laughs> it was a church history thing, but did somebody say kill your idols? Have you ever heard that? Hmm. I tried to I, Google it just now, and like I, there was a movie that came out. There's some punk bands that have a song about it, but I could have swore that I just like I could see like Spurgeon's face with something that says <laughs> "Kill Your Idol." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. I I don't know that I. I mean, I can't recall anything off the top of my head, um, but I mean that that would be I mean, it would not surprise me if someone has said something like that and i mean in the history of the church destroy your idols well i'm gonna say make... it now kill your idols okay there you go there we go <laughs> yeah. quote me yeah. and... oh man i yeah i it's sorry i i got like super distracted and i figured you would know that but <laughs> i yeah. i was wrong listen here's the deal idolaters don't be one <laughs> Don't well, be one. And, yeah, and, and that's and and when we we say that kind of tongue in cheek that you're idolaters, that is what the natural state of sin is going to do. Correct. It's going to seek yourself as the idol first, and then it's going to try to seek your your heart, as mm-hmm. Jeremiah talks about, is deceitfully wicked above all things. It's going to try to seek uh, uh, assurance and comfort and pleasure in something in the creation. Mm-hmm. So the but as a Christian even though you're going to have that battle going on with you uh, because as a Christian, you have been called and you have been, you've been given the grace of God. You've been saved by Jesus Christ. Your sins are atoned for your promised eternity. So it is to turn away from those selfish wants and desires and to trust in God. And that's mm-hmm. going to be a daily battle for us. Um, and it's going to be, and that's why it is so necessary to have, the word of God active in your life um, through personal reflection, but also, and I would say maybe even primarily from a, uh, a, a community in which it is pre which the scriptures are properly exposited. Um, so that so important that that word can kill and make alive. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, again, the communal part of this, that you're not on your own trying to figure this out because that in itself, uh, again, will will lead to an idolatry that I've got it. I don't need anybody else with it. Um, and that's also, you know, that's uh, the the easiest ones to pick off are the ones who are by themselves. And that's just kind of a an easy metaphor from you know, any sort of herd animal and herd group. Uh, which, in, in a real sense, that's what we are as Christians. We're a flock. Yep. So, to to be surrounded by and encouraged by other Christians who can also point out when those things become idols, too, because that's that's the the it is because we can deceive ourselves so easily. We need that objective observer uh, to come around and say, "Hey, you know what? Um, mm-hmm. I, I've noticed. You know, you have been." spending so much time on netflix yeah. and you know you, 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 you the uh you're you're you haven't been you haven't been making it into work on time you know right or whatever you know whatever it is whatever the situation but to have that other objective voice to kind of say those things um uh, and and of course the objective word of god coming to you so yeah it, I know was, we say it tongue in cheek, yeah. but don't be an idolater. Right. Flee from idolatry. Flee. Kill your idols and worship what is worthy of your worship, which is Jesus Christ. That's going to do it for us on the Two Chefs Pod. He's Coleman. I'm AJ. We'll be back next week, maybe with not so heavy of a topic and name calling. Sorry about that. Or am I sorry about it? I guess we'll never know. But we'll see you next week. And as we always say, what, Coleman? Stay uncultured. All right. I did not mean to derail it at the end. That's okay. But I did think it was kind of funny starting it off with, hey, I dollars. Anyway, I shared with you uh, an article that I wrote for a blog a long time ago um, that I'm actually probably going to rework and put up on Uncultured Dad because I think it's some pretty good work if I'm not mistaken but it's the problem with Ten Gods and it goes through like that whole story but I would highly recommend To Kill a Mockingbird and Go Set a Watchman okay. like To Kill a Mockingbird is the classic like obviously right. I think Go Set a Watchman is better Really? Okay. I do. I do. Um, Yeah, I wish I... I don't even know where my copy of it is. I let somebody borrow it one time, and then I don't know if I ever got it back, which is really sad because I do love that book. I do love... I'm listening to To Kill a Mockingbird again right now. Mm. Because Spotify... It has audiobooks now, which is awesome. Oh. Um, yeah, good conversation. I, uh, yeah. yeah, I didn't, I didn't, didn't realize we were going to get into the, uh, ecumenical discussions there. That's what about the denominations? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I, I enjoy that. Uh, yeah. There's a, and that is one of the, cause I, I've had some ongoing conversations with, other other people and uh 
from other denominations and stuff and and it is it is this sad you know it's like so, so to put it in kind of concrete terms there's a part of me that wishes i could commune other people but i know bound yeah. by um by Your my creed. confessions and, mm-hmm. and and stuff i can't do that and that isn't to say that they're not christian it's just i know that there are divisions that exist between us and it would be disrespectful to your church if i did that and it would also be disrespectful to all the other of course uh people here who say who know that you believe something different than we do and yeah it is it, it is frustrating uh, because it's just it's just another mark of sin and the brokenness mm-hmm. of creation but again that's the hope is that there will come a day when we all will, will all commune together yeah that marriage um, supper of the lamb marriage supper of the lamb with the feast of fatted meats and fine wines that's and chick-fil-a my <laughs> that's that's probably what isaiah was <laughs> prophesied about was, I, I used to always joke about that like yeah if you don't like chick-fil-a now get ready <laughs> <laughs> If you are a believer in Christ and do not like Chick-fil-A, you better figure out something you like because there's going to be nuggets and chicken sandwiches galore. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. What a good, what a good topic. What a good topic. I think that's going to do it for us on Apple and Spotify. For those of you hanging around, we appreciate it. Make sure you've liked and subscribed and share it with somebody who also is an idolater, which is everyone. Share it with somebody this week, and we will see you next week. As always, stay uncultured. Hey, everybody, just want to thank you once again for spending some time with the Two Chaps pod today. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you've liked and subscribed to our channel. Pound that bell for notifications so you can be notified when our latest content drops. If you're on social media, we are all over the place, including the brand new threads from Meta. And I do want to remind you, for longer content, including pre-show and post-show audio, make sure you've subscribed on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Two Chaps Pod, and until then, stay uncultured.